abundance. We all want more of it. Health, relationships, career, prosperity. To be human is to strive for more. There's ample advice on how to create abundance. We need to have positive thoughts and believe in ourselves. But what happens if positive thinking doesn't come naturally? Are we doomed? I'm Jill McCabe, author, entrepreneur, negative thinker turned optimist, and your host on the Thinking Vitamins podcast. For years, I struggled to believe in myself. And for years, I fell short of my goals and aspirations. Until I learned a nifty bit of neuroscience that taught me how we can all rewire our brains to have more positive thoughts, self-belief, and abundance. That's what I created Thinking Vitamins for. Thinking vitamins are sticky ideas, mantras, and perspective shifts that retrain your brain to expect good things to happen to you. So I ask you, are you ready to boost your abundance? Let's dive in. All right. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Thinking Vitamins, where today my good friend, the marketing director for Boom You and producer for this podcast, the Thinking Vitamins podcast, agreed to come on this show and interview me about my new book that I've been working on, which has a working title of Formula for Abundance. And she's agreed to come on and interview me about the book. I have well, agreed to or prodded me. I'm not sure <laughs> which way this went, but I have been having a lot of fun really exploring new ideas. And she mentioned to me that, Jill, you've been talking about a lot of new ideas and they're not really coming out on the podcast because you've been doing a lot of interviews and I'm the only one I think who gets to hear about them or people really close to you. And it might be fun to share some of those. And I thought to myself that I just didn't know where to begin or what to do. And Trina has a background in broadcast journalism. And so she agreed to interview me today. Um, I, so I don't even know where this is going or what questions she's prepared, but I am excited about giving you a bit of a sneak peek into my new book, which is a formula for abundance, which is really about helping people have, helping you have a breakthrough uh, in an area that is way, 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 way overdue for a breakthrough. And I am really excited about this new direction for the book and for me personally. And Trina, thank you so much for um, prodding me slash agreeing to interview me, whichever way that went. Oh, thanks for having me. And thanks for letting me do this, Jill. I'm excited about getting started. All right. I am so looking forward to this, a chance to actually jump in and ask you all these questions that keep popping up when you tell me about your book that's coming up. Uh, so the first thing that comes to mind is if you look behind me, there's your first book. It's Go Time, which was a phenomenal success. And it was a lot of it was about how uh, entrepreneurs can break through blocks, uh, the steps they can take for building and scaling a business and building a life around that business that truly makes them happy. Why have you decided to do another book? And what's going to be different? Okay. Um, well, I <laughs> think... A lot I, you know, right there. Th yeah, I think that you decide to do another book 
when you do the first book. And partially it's because I think a lot of authors sort of experience this, uh, at least in the nonfiction space, I'm aware of this, is that you, you have so many ideas, like books are supposed to be about 50,000 words. And that, you know, that's like a good, like 35 to 50,000 words, which sounds like a lot, but I wrote like a hundred and change when I submitted my first thing and they're like, no, no, no. So we pulled it back to 75,000, which was still too much. So frankly, there was a lot unsaid. So what's interesting is what, of course, what I have to say now is nothing close to what I thought I had to say then, but the decision to write a new book was honestly made way back when I wrote the first one. Um, what was part two of that question? So it was why, did you, well, so, how, how is this going to be different from, so, or is it? You tell so different. Tell us. So my first, okay, cool. My first motivation to write the new book was, you know, I, you and I work together at, through Boom You, and we have training that helps people establish new businesses. And one of the things that I wanted to do over the last several years of working with people through our mastermind, Emerging Entrepreneurs Mastermind, it's had a few different names, but that's that's what we're calling it now. And because that's who we've discovered we have, uh, you know, <laughs> reach is that emerging entrepreneur is that perfect spot where, where we're really well suited to help people starting in those first couple of years in business. And what I started seeing was commonalities between those who were succeeding and those who weren't succeeding. And so one of the things that happens when you get the blessing of having people work with you and entrust their businesses and their future to your guidance is you get the opportunity to see how, what happens when the rubber hits the road, when they apply the tools that are in my book, it's go time. And also, of course, we teach so much more uh, through Boom You. And I see the people who consistently are just like crushing it, crushing it, making money, doing great, having fun, relationships better, family better, business better, life more aligned. And then I see the people who are they're throwing themselves into it. They're working really hard. They're, they're trying so much and they're not succeeding. So my first motivation to write the book was to write a book about how entrepreneurs specifically, you know, like I like to say, you know, I love the expression light workers, do-gooders, environmentally focused people, people, people who work with me are very often knowledge seekers, truth seekers, people who are here on the planet to do more than just big make money, but to really understand who they are, why they're here and live in alignment with that. And so I wrote 50,000 words, which is the exact lovely amount on this book called The Wealthy Entrepreneur. And so, or The Wealthy Coach. I actually think I called it The Wealthy Coach, even though it wasn't just for coaches, because it wasn't necessarily for entrepreneurs with these big companies. It was more for individuals. And then when I looked at that book, I went, Oh my gosh, like this is more than just about people who are entrepreneurial. The things getting in the way for those in the way for those people are actually the things getting in the way for everyone. So I scrapped that 51,000 words, which would have been like the follow on to its go time. Like, hey, you know, if you think of its go time, build a business in life you really want. The book I was working on was really, hey, here are the things that people often get wrong and here's what you can do about it. And now we teach that in our program, but I got really interested in 
what's blocking anyone. Doesn't matter where you work. Doesn't matter if you work for yourself. Doesn't matter if you are someone who is a truth seeker, someone to really be in alignment. If you're, if you're really motivated to create a meaningful life, I have noticed through my work with entrepreneurs, a lot of things that are getting in the way for a lot of people. And certainly I was, I was test subject number one. <laughs> they got in the way for me, right? So when you decided to make this change, was it like, was there a aha moment? Um, the light went off. Was there something that really inspired you or was it a, you started sort of seeing things over time that started kind of Both, triggering, but there was an aha moment. And it's when I had a, when you're working on a book, you meet with, um, you meet with somebody, you meet with, um, like somebody for your positioning. And I met with someone, they always, you have to figure out how you're going to market a book when you write the book, not afterwards. So if any of you are working on a book, please know that Don't <laughs> you, the marketability of your book happens when you're writing it. I probably could have done better on my book. It's go time. I don't think that was, um, the, the book that I was working on now, I really understand more about how to get your press hooks in there. And because if a book you want, you know, as an author, I want a lot of people to read my book. And we had this big, long conversation. I had this big, long conversation with this really smart guy. And I really thought, wow, he's, you know, I really thought he was a good match. And then he said, so you're writing about abundance and the misperceptions around abundance and why people don't have it. And you're kind of myth busting and blah, blah. And he didn't say anything about, you know, entrepreneurs or coaches or, or anything about business. And I went, no, no, no. I have like 51,000 words on this other topic. And, and, and he's like, well, that's not what you've talked about for the last hour. And so what I realized is that my interests have changed and, and the challenge is, you know, so, so the question became, well, just, you know, publish that book and move to the next one. But just to explain to the listener. So when you are wanting to write a book, um, the, even though writing a book is very challenging, once a book is written, that's actually the easiest part <laughs> because the challenging thing is putting it under your arm and promoting it and getting it out there. And I had done really well with my pre-reading team with It's Go Time. Um, and I'm going to do even better with my pre-read. I've got so much more that I'm going to do for the, the book right now is called Formula for Abundance. That could change, but I'm looking at abundance from the point of view of science and spirit and what gets in the way and major, major, major myths that we have as an industry about how to become more successful that I believe are keeping a lot of people struggling for a very long time. I don't think there's anything malicious behind these myths. I think it's just a real misunderstanding of what certain things mean in, in the abundance world and um, that's blocking people and not enough. And then there's that on the one side and then not enough conversation on the other side. So what, what made me really make that shift, there's the one moment of that meeting with, with that, you know, person doing my positioning. The, the next moment was sort of realizing with its go time, it did very well at the launch, but it's still up to me to get it out in the press. It's still up to me to present it. It's still up to me to push it. And it's go time is such a perfect book written for the great resignation and the amount of work that I will have to do to go and say, Hey, I've got this book. It'll help solve a problem that I haven't done that. I still need to do. And I realized if I wrote another whole book, 
where I've like, yes, I can let the people in Boomu get access to that material. But if I have to run around the world and actually sell that book, how could I do it if my interest and my heart were behind another thing? Because a book is the year or two that you work on it, write it, edit it, publish it. And then it's the year or three that you get out and publish and promote and podcast and radio and talking and trying to get in bookstores. And, you know, most anybody in the book business will tell you, you've got to be a pretty big name before the publishers are going to do that for you. And not by a pretty big name, I mean, massive name. <laughs> so that falls to the author. And so I just thought I needed to work on something that I was willing to get behind. And by the way, anything that you're working on, whether it be, you know, a, a business or something, that's a lot of people don't have that longevity thinking you know, that, that, that thinking of how do I create a commitment to this long enough to allow it to be successful? And a lot of people, that's the exact reason they don't succeed in business. So probably I was predisposed to figuring this out because I see so many people coming in business and they want to see, you know, steady, predictable income in three months. It's like, no, we can get you income in three to six months, no problemo, but steady, predictable income, like it's a whole business that has to be built. That takes time. I don't even have that yet. I have a good income, but I don't have steady, predictable income. And steady, predictable income comes from something called scalability and scalability comes from years of effort. So I, I think this is just a long way of saying, I know what it takes to see something through. And I realized I had to see the right thing through. Okay. I definitely want to get back to what it is you're writing about some of the things, but something that caught my ear and I'm sure other people, can you tell us a little bit about what you mean by a pre-reading team? Oh uh, yeah. Okay. So it can, a pre-reading team can be a lot of different things, but it's essentially um, at the very smallest level, it's not how I'm doing it for this book, but at the, at the, at the, at the simplest level, it's, it's giving certain people early access to your book and ideas in exchange for feedback. And so the feedback can be as simple as which title do you prefer? Um, or it can be as challenging as what ideas did you like and what ideas totally ruffled your feathers or what annoyed you about my book? And usually um, you distribute like a few chapters at a time, not the whole thing. So my last pre-reading team, and then in, re in return, the ask is that they support you on launch day. And launch day is a good day to support someone because your book is a lower price and you're basically, that's how bestseller status comes if people are like all buying at the same time. And you get an honest review. So you don't, I don't know how other people do it, but how I did it for its go time, I said, I will give you access to the book, to a good sample of the book. You will get access to the whole thing on launch day, which basically means they get it for this lower price. And in return for that, to give an honest review of what they thought. Now, for my next book, I'm going bigger than that. Yeah, and I'm going bigger than that because there's some groundbreaking stuff in this next book. And I, I truly am amazed at the things that are coming up. Um, I'm not going to get into all the details of that today, Trina, because I do want to sort of keep some of that for my pre-reading team. But I will say it's in the neighborhood of some of the self-help 
and I will say like, again, my, my title right now is really formula for abundance from science to spirit and spirit to science. And it's because I grew up really being anti-religion and anti, um, you know, just, just didn't believe in God at all. And now I'm like, yeah, universe, spirit, you know, God, all of those terms I'm completely good with when I wasn't, but how I came to that was through science because in an effort to make my own life work, I didn't care if something came from science or spiritualism. I didn't care. I was like, just if it could help me, I wanted it. <laughs> I wasn't like, and over time I came to believe that I did believe in nature. I've always believed in nature. And I just the power of like just the fascination of how things work and the repetitiveness of anything, you know, just even a bud or a flower or or just the the messages we see everywhere. I find them so fascinating. And so I was always able to believe in Mother Earth. <laughs> always. And so that's um yeah, so I, I think in terms of well, sorry, I just want to make sure I, think I lost the question a little. You wanted to know, oh, the pre-reading team. Well, we're, you're just. Yeah, because I'm doing yeah. some things that are, um, because I'm basically going to be taking on some controversial ideas. This time I'm going to have levels of pre-reading team. First of all, I'm going to be uh, bringing people in to help me with research. Um, and that is, uh, there are just asking them, hey, when you're trying to, um, get, you know, improve your life. What, what does this mean to you or that mean to you? And we're going to be looking at, you know, what are, how do they characterize certain words? And so I'm just going to be, Oh, okay, sign me yeah. up for that. The research <laughs> part. Like, love that. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> you're you're like, I have a list. You're the only one on it so far, but hopefully we can get some more people on it. No, I mean, actually, that's not true. Oh, yeah. Some of my clients are, I have already said yes. That's um, because we've identified that the big thing in the way of them and their business is um, they see themselves re, you know, patterning some of their misgivings after their parents, um, after their grandparents. It's coming up over, like, it just came up this morning on a call. And, you know, we, we looked at this incredibly capable, um, like extremely highly educated at the very highest level. And then we looked at, you know, these blocks and then we looked at the parents' lives and it was like, boom, boom, boom. And how do you overcome them? This person has been in programs and these things have not yet been identified and she's a perfect candidate for, um, my closer pre-reading team. So the, the bigger pre-reading team is going to be like, Hey, there's going to be a survey from now and then I just want to, you know, it'll be anonymous. Once you're on the team, just come in, just fill this thing out. Let me know what you think of this or that. Then, you know, there will be access to early chapters and feedback from early chapters, but I'm also going to put together a closer pre-reading team of people who want to actually deploy the technique of the entire formula so that we can really watch their lives get better <laughs> and their abundance grow. Because I also believe that abundance grows when you get to the right level of the problem. Abundance actually will. So people kind of say, oh, I can only work on one thing at a time, you know, like whether it be self-care or um, business or, or this or that, which I actually agree with. Okay. 
to some degree and disagree with to some degree. So I agree with it that we can only work on one thing at a time because that's how the brain works. We can only focus our attention on one thing at a time. That's just the brain, okay? But if we focus on the right thing, the root cause, if we go deep enough, all of our levels of our life get better at the same time. So even though, because a lot of people think, oh, I'm going to have to get better at self-care, then I get better at business, then I fix my relationships, and that's not a good way to look at it. I, if you look at root cause, which is what I did when I was a consultant, if we find the right thing to work on, the right one thing, then we will see relationships, health, self-care, and we'll see them all healing kind of, yes, one at a time, but all at kind of the same. Like when, you know, you've seen it with our clients, they, their whole lives get better. So I, I can't let this go. You mentioned this thing it was a couple sentences ago about Ooh. the parents. So this yes. generational yeah. thing, can, can you go a little bit, can you, I don't know if this is giving yeah, away I, secrets, but juicy stuff for my you? pre-readers, but the, the, um, well, and of course, if you're listening to this years from today, then you're just reading the book. <laughs> so, so great. And I hope you're yeah. loving it. Um, the, the, you know, I don't, I haven't fully unpacked what is meant by generational trauma. So I need to do more research on that still before the book comes out. I certainly will. But what happened for me was I've done so much of this work and healed so many things. It would get to the point where I'd be working with a professional. They'd be like, well, why do you think that's happening? Go back in your life. And we, even they would be like, we can't find anything. So then for this book, I was interviewing my mother and I was interviewing my mother just because my mother has a, has a, a, a you know, my mother's story. I mean, she has a story that it sounds like a major motion picture, like award winner, right? Like oh, yeah. it's her story is mom. Mm, yeah. God bless you for everything you went through. That's anyway, God bless you for that. But, yeah. um, it's really, really colorful and it's got villains. It's got everything you want, right? It's got good people and villains. Yeah. It's got, you know, chases and, oh. you know. I got, got car chases. chase. Yeah, it's got, it's got, got it, it all. It's got it all. And, and I discovered that certain things that I was dealing with were actually things that her parents had dealt with, not even her. And I became kind of surprised by that until you sort of un unpack what we already know is that children are making their decisions about who they're going to be, you know, in these formative years, um, when they're two, three, four, five, um, yeah, you know, and older, but that, that, that as like, we're figuring out the world, you know, especially I think five to eight, like we're really copying sort of who's around. So of course we're going to copy our parents. And of course they would have copied their parents. And I spoke to one doctor who, uh, an interview for the book where I learned, started learning a little bit about epigenetics and the condition of the mother while you're in the womb. And I do know that, um, my mother discovered that my father was very mentally ill and unlikely to get better. And by the time I was in the womb, she sort of realized this guy's not going to make a dollar for us because for the years up until I was born, it was like, he was a big talker, right? We're going to do this and we're going to do this and we're going to do this and we're going to do this. And then nothing came to fruition. And she sort of realized that she not only now had 
all these kids. She didn't know I was a twin. I was like a bonus baby. So she didn't even know I was in there. So she thought she had a third baby coming. I was the fourth. I was a surprise baby because I was la I came out second. And she realized, oh my God, I have all these kids and I'm disconnected from my family who disowned her for marrying my father because mixed religion and because he was poor and they were wealthy and a lot, a lot of reasons and part of the reasons that go into her crazy story. But she realized, oh my God, now I'm the primary breadwinner as well. And that, that I, apparently that would have been, that stress around the world would have been passed into the womb in a different way than if you think everything's going to be fine when you're carrying. So that that's again, an area where I'm, I'm researching more, but what's been cool is for listeners, you know, listeners, if you sort of feel like, yeah, if you feel like there might be something that you're replaying from your parents' life that you don't want to replay. The, the thing that I've discovered for me, and this is why I want to bring together a pre-reading team to try out some of these things. Um, what I've, we'll call it a pre-reading slash research team for this, this book is really what it is. Foc you know, a focus group working with some of these ideas. And I discovered that they're actually ready to go very quickly. That it's not like some sentence you know i saw this thing on facebook and it was this post and somebody was like i was working with someone and they told me i had generational trauma and screw them and all these people were like yeah and i'm like well first of all whenever we're super angry about anything it's a suggestion that we do have that problem <laughs> i mean that's well documented by science so just getting kind of riled up whenever you're riled up that's like you're out of your intelligence, right? And so this was an intelligent person who posted that, but you know, you can definitely see that there's the science would say there probably is a problem with that there if you're so completely triggered, right? But I don't look at it that way because I don't look at it like, oh, this is some, you know, thing you can't get rid of. And I don't know how she was referring to generational trauma. I'm talking about imprint learning, which we know happens when kids are young and we know they look at their parents I and mean, that's like really documented. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's how it became interesting to me. But I also want to say if you're listening and you feel that, you know, you're, there's some stuff from you. I'm personally, I've personally seen for myself, it's, we can get rid of it. And I'm in the process of, you know, working through these ideas with people who are ready to give um, the process that I'm sharing uh, a go because I, because we don't know unless we try, right? So I'm at the hypothesis level, but I know it went quickly for me. And it was like, and then again, another up-leveling of my life in all areas as I've realize those aren't my stories that's not my stuff and i was able to it's like this like backpack i didn't even know i didn't realize i was carrying that bag yeah like i'm good but i didn't even know i was carrying it so the previous book that you did that i'm so familiar with and um not to keep going back to that but so it sounds like this mm -hmm. next one's going to be really different so even when i think of the way it's going to be put together because in its go time you had uh formulas and structures uh that people could use yeah. like there was the mind code yeah um there's the staircase um method the strategy method will you be able to use those kind of things yeah i, this, I am gonna i am gonna share a formula for sure because i'm i'm all about the news you can use um 
However, this book, we need to do a little more unpacking. I really have seen what I believe are sometimes, you know, who isn't, you know, we're all out there throwing quotes online, throwing stuff online, um, giving advice in snippets. And I am discovering some, some key ideas in abundant in the, in the landscape of how to become more abundant you know, whether people are, you know, working on mindset or whatever they're working on. And if they're not feeling abundant, um, I'm discovering not, not a lot, but a few, but very meaningful, massive problems with we, our thinking and our, and our understanding of terms really matters. Like when I would go into an organization and do work, the very first thing we do is we do some training so that everybody gets a new common language. Because when we're using language, the words have to have shared meaning. Like I just did one thing about mindset, you know, what does mindset mean to you? And I didn't do it with a pre-reading team. You know, I did it like I'll invite those people who commented to be a pre-reader. But with mindset, for example, a lot of people don't really understand scientifically what that means, <laughs> but they bandy the word around. And the problem is, um, we're not abundant at the mindset level. It's, it's like something beneath mindset that causes mindset. And then it's something beneath that thing that caused that thing. And so we're not going deep enough. And when we don't go deep enough, we're, we're trying to like, you know, it's like trying to deal with a, a pimple that's caused by diets. It's like, the mindset's very meaningful, but it's a result. And so I think a lot of, there's not a lot of a rich understanding or a shared understanding. So the first part of my book is, I believe at this time is going to be very much about unpacking some misgivings and what I believe are real errors. I pretty sure I can scientifically defend are real errors in a couple of key things. However, that said, um, the, there's another big difference. And the other big difference is that with its go time, I really focused on with its go time. I was sort of focused on, Hey, here's the tool. I'm going to give you enough science so you get it, but we're not really going to focus there. We're going to, you know, focus on you getting news you can use because another book that tells you that you need to do something that doesn't show you how is not a book that I wanted to read at that time. And so it's go time to really teach the how. The how I very much still believe in and agree with, except my, in the last few years since writing that book, I have really, really gone into my spiritual part of my discovery and discovered more, like the more I research it, the more I see there are not arguments between great science and spiritualism. There is more that is similar than that is different. And I myself have a very strong spiritual practice. So while I'm going to kind of show the science of things, so people who need that can get it. And I know the old me would have needed that. So I need to give, need to write this book so that the old me could have been helped with it. But I would have also wanted the old me to not be so narrow-minded. And so I'm really going to bring forth my spiritual ideas and share them both. Like say, hey, here's what science is showing us. 
oh, here's what's always been said and, and showing how they can s- support. But there are some things that I actually really have been supported by science for and some things that I've really been supported by spiritualism. And I feel like I want to bring my whole self to this book. And that would be both sides of me. Now, I know you don't want to give away a lot of things that are in the book, but we did have a conversation earlier. And I know that um, this book is also for the clients that you work with, the types of people you work with, uh, the light bringers, the the do-gooders, the people who um, are concerned with both what their their legacy um, and what they're building. So for these clients, for these, these people, what is, is there anything you can tell them that like give them a little um, advanced notes of what, something that they're going to get from the book? I know you mentioned uh, that there's a difference in financial. Oh, okay. Uh, there's yeah. In, um, we will look at, okay. Like, so here's well, something fun and it's not, it's not one of my, it's, it's something you, you yeah. probably already know if you're listening to this, but goals is a deeply misunderstood word. I do talk about goals and it's go time. But so many, the problem with how to set goals is, is really massive. And that is that most people set goals of what, you know, you probably do this, right? So do you set goals? Think of a goal you have right now. Have you set that goal for what you think you need to do or what you want to accomplish? And I can just give you a super simple example. There was someone who wanted to have a goal. She was like, you know, I want, you know, I, people come to me, they usually want somewhere between 250 and 400,000 a year. And so I'll say, why do you want that? And they'll say, I want that because blah, blah, blah. Well, what a lot of people don't know is that, especially new to business, is that you might be better off with a $250,000 business than a $750,000 business. When I was doing research for my original book, it, it there would be things like, you know, um, Oh, you know, okay. I'm, I'm trying to remember. I got it. I got it. I, I, I did some interviews. I was like back on the last book that I decided not to publish. <laughs> um, to, there was interviews that I did. And I, I talked to people who were very successful, like CEOs, a uh, CEO of fortune 500 company. I talked to people in finance and said, what level of business is sort of the worst? And I got a really good answer. One person said, oh, I think almost when people are starting out, that's like the hardest time. And then the other hardest time can actually be after 1 million, between 1 and 10 million. Now, I I will confess that everybody I asked this question to had a different answer, but I had a multi-million dollar business uh, before that was a total headache. And so because the people who work with me are typically lifestyle driven and they're their major focus is usually meaning of life and what makes life meaningful that you can have a great business but if you just focus on that business and growth well you're going to have to hire people there's going to need to be team you're going to need to up your game and sales and marketing and in systems and operations and like yes even if you're just like a small person and it's like really wouldn't, you know, do you really have to scale everything? Does everything have to be scaled to be successful? Is scaling successful? So when, when we look at goals, it's like, well, I call it getting clean with your goal. And I highly recommend if, if you're, you know, if you've got a money focused goal right now to look at why you really want that. So 
one thing I'm personally wor working on right now is I'm saying my intention is, so I'm not saying my goal is anymore. My intention is what am I focusing? Like, what's my attention going on? What's, what's my intention? So things happen when you have clear intentions. So my intention is for, you know, medical bills, being good to my family, buying gifts, charity, home, my own health, you know, what do I really want and need? So my intention is this. Um, and then I suggest you complete that statement with my intention is so that, so, and I just find that a very quick workaround for anything that you are currently calling a goal. What's your intention? Because my goal may be to write a book, but my intention might be to have published a book that is deeply helpful and has people have profound, abundant breakthroughs in all areas of their life simultaneously or close to simultaneously. So, um, so that I can share the knowledge that has deeply allowed me to have breakthroughs and because I believe that the world is a reflection of our inner environments that and I can explore the hypothesis of, hey, if we do have lots of people becoming more abundant, will that indeed lead to a reflection of a happier, more joyful world where people feel like they have enough, that they are enough, that they can give and receive freely? I mean, my whole life is about trying to be a speck of dust in that you know, if I'm like one granular sand in, in the, in the bridge that we build to that future, I'm proud of the life I lived. I'm going to share with you something that's recently happened because I think it connects to this uh, and it connects to that whole, the great resignation besides just the resignation from jobs, there is obviously a shift in what people are thinking about, what people's intentions and goals are just a, like what, world do we want to have? These are questions that weren't really popping up in conversations before the world stopped. So with my own family, we're very much a um, boisterous, you know, uh, may, we like to have fun at each other's expense, um, poking at each other, and we don't get into serious conversations a lot. And we always joke that uh, don't show weakness uh, because then they'll come, I mean, no, it's a loving family. Um, but we just, as I said, we don't talk a lot about deep things. Well, recently we were getting together and we started talking about some, uh, about happiness and realized, and we all just started opening up and that we loved sharing these deep thoughts about joy in our life, about having this happiness, things that, you know, we, before we talk about our job and money and the house and the vacations, and here we are talking about what makes us happy, what frustrates us, what uh, keeps us from being happy during the day. And the response to that conversation was even people were like, that was really good. So are you, you must be seeing this um, both, like when you think about the business world, I mean, you're out there, you're talking with a lot, you, you are a thought leader, you're talking with other thought leaders. You do connect with people, um, both clients and with other thought leaders. So what is the What's the pulse, you know, the pulse of the nation now? What is, where are people at? I have no idea. 
I, I wish I could, I wish I could answer that. I want to actually, I'm going to give you a different answer. I'm going to say, way to go. <laughs> I love that story. And I think that that, what I'd really like to do is highlight maybe listeners, like what about trying that out? What about having a deeper conversation with people you trust? I mean, I would, I would always lean towards don't have it with someone. If you're, if you're afraid it will be weird, you know, maybe don't start there, but deep conversations are a regular part of my life. And I made a decision over a decade ago that I just really couldn't spend a lot of time with people who'd be like, yep. Like if, if the conversation ended at the weather, I, I didn't continue that relationship because I am, you know, and I think that the people that I, my friends even, you know, I wouldn't know that they are thought leaders. I don't know that I would consider myself a thought leader. Um, I could say I'd like to be one one day, but I also have to develop my thoughts as well. Like, you know, what, what I do think I've done very well is go deep. I do think that I don't take things for granted and I've never been all that excited about being a human being. <laughs> Like ever since I was a child, I'm like, what is the point of this place? And I think that question, what is the point of this place has led me to be super curious and go deep. And I think I, that's what I notice in conversations, but those have been around me for a long time. So I, I couldn't say that I notice it, but I, I could say, I hope. I hope that in the world out there, there are some deeper conversations. I mean, I do believe that if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a truth seeker and you're probably like me, you're probably someone who's really interested in having a meaningful life. And, and that, I mean, I think even when we think of the term wealth or abundance, what is abundance? It's the sense of peace and fulfillment in your heart. I love that. I applaud you for those conversations of, of happiness. And I certainly hope more people have them. I can say that for going deeper and uh, getting closer to me and having these conversations, I look to listening to podcasts and reading books. Uh, I look to people who do go deep. Um, who do the research and, and such, because I don't as much, but I love to learn from others. So I'm going to say, even before reading this book, thank you for doing this work, because I know how much work you're putting into this. And I know some of these ideas that you're going to be talking about in the book are mind-blowing. Um, and yet, some of them, and it's simple. It's just so nobody told me this before. So I do want to encourage anybody who's listening that when this book comes out, there will be things in here that will shift your ideas and they will change your life and they'll change your life for the better and open you up to abundance and open you up to all these new ideas that uh, are going to make life better. It, they already have for me because I, I have been privy to a few of them. So thank you. And you don't have to wait. And this is, I think this is a perfect time to announce that I am officially opening up my pre-reading team. So this is, again, going to be a research slash focus group. 
Um, it's completely free. It's just asking, you know, there's going to be some commitments. Like I want to bring people in, not just like, oh, hey, here's this free thing. It's, it's more, um, there's going to be commitments. There will be commitments to get in. There will be commitments to stay in, especially in this deeper phase where I'm sharing some pretty amazing stuff and asking that people deploy it in their lives to get better. So, so I, well, I am excited to deploy. Into yeah. Like it's like actually, yes. you know, like to sort of roll up the sleeves and give some of these things a try embracing what's possible rather than what's been. And from what I've discovered, the truth of who you are. And I think that that's, we're not trying to become anyone. We're trying to literally unpack <laughs> and get rid of us trying to live into other people's plans for us. And I, I think that that's really, it's fascinating how the world works and how growing up works and how we learn and then unlearn. It's, it's an interesting process. And so I invite anyone, if you are listening to this and think that you're curious and you want to know more, then uh, we will have a link in the show notes where you can go and click on that link and join the pre-reading team. There's going to be two levels. There's going to be sort of the more intensive level, which I will have an application in order because for me to kind of share this Broadly, I, I won't be able to accept everyone to that level because I have to work with you and get feedback. And, and um, so I will have a couple of levels. And But then there will also be just the level of you want to join. So if you want to join, just know that if you're interested in join, joining my pre-reading team, you are welcome to join my pre-reading team. And then I will have the, the smaller group where we're doing some more intensive work and you'll have an opportunity to apply for that if that's something um, after you you know read more about it at the link. If you go, oh my gosh, that's perfect for me, then cool. I would absolutely love, uh, like I said, to have a focus group to help me work through these ideas. And right now they're... They're very well-founded scientifically, very well-founded spiritually, but I haven't seen a lot of, you know, and not that this is going to be some research for a university, but research enough for me to go, yes, I've worked it through with dozens of people and we have across the board some pretty nice things that have happened or share what does happen. So you need to be ready to just, um, if, you're, if you're there and you're ready to explore, and that's the way of, uh, you know, I've grown a lot and I've done so much work and I think not having a time, just, I continually try stuff. Um, and some stuff I get a ton of value from and some stuff I get maybe a little bit, but it's like, and some stuff I'm like, Oh, I think I kind of knew that. And it doesn't matter. I, it's just very Taoist mindset or, but you know, Buddhist mindset to just be open to, um, what happens for me, it's about staying on the journey. I can't imagine getting off the journey of self-discovery. This is what I love for everybody listening. This is an amazing opportunity. People work a lot with Jill for what she has, what she's able to teach them. And if you see some of the testimonials of people who work with her, how she's changed both their business, but their life. And here's a chance for some of her cutting edge, some new concepts that she's been working on for, quite a quite a while to actually get in sort of on the ground floor as well as I love this idea you said it's not about growing yourself it's about finding 
finding yourself or digging deeper into yourself, which, yeah, I, I, I love that idea. Growing sounds like, I don't want to go out there. I want to go inside. So this is your opportunity to take advantage of a chance to get in. Yeah. And it will be in the context of the book. So I'll be sharing written things, looking for how you, you know, how people respond and written response, because I, it's one thing to communicate. Like when I teach, when people work with us in our groups, then I can teach. But what I also need to be able to do is communicate my ideas effectively in writing so that they are empowering enough. And I know, you know, I know that with it's go time, I got a lot of compliments on the writing, but when I'm bringing forward new ideas that haven't been in the landscape and some of them are nuances, right? But nuances make a difference. And so when you're bringing forward an idea that people think they know, and then you're like, well, but we need the nuance matters to your being able to benefit from it. The, the challenge is being able to communicate that effectively in writing. So the pre-reading team will be focused around reading what I write and getting feedback, you know, um, and then applying it and then filling out surveys around that. So it will be very much, you know, for, um, for the book, for the communication through the book. And so yeah. thank, thank you, Trina, so much for, um, for interviewing me today. I think it, it definitely, I was, I just didn't know how to start talking about my book and you sure did help me with that. Well, it's so exciting. I mean, it's going to be a great opportunity and I can't wait to get my hands on the book and be part of the pre-reading team. Um, yes, ma'am. You will be. Um, okay. So listeners, thanks again for joining me for another episode of the Thinking Vitamins podcast. Please do click on the link and see if you think you would like early access to this work at, uh, and we will go from there. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Thinking Vitamins podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to like, comment, follow, and come to thinkingvitamins.com where you can sign up to get our newsletter and additional free training. Thinking Vitamins with Jill McKay.